0: Another wild and crazy, but not over the top zany episode of Comics and Pop Tarts, the podcast channel that discusses comics and all things comicky with you and other creators throughout the industry. I'm your host, Inevitable Mike. If you're listening, then you're the reason I do this show. So thank you. Tonight's live read um, introduces Kaiju Mania. Uh, so I'm on Kickstarter right now, Kaiju Mania is an anthology comp featuring four monsters and four stories. Kaiju Mania is comprised of many decorated comic professionals combining multiple art styles and innovative forms. The plot device of the anthology allows each story to be separate and unique from page to page while simultaneously being connected into one large story arc. You can uh, get your copy of Kaiju Mania today and support Kaiju Mania creators by going to um, Ink.pub forward slash kaiju mania get it now it's the only way you're going to get your kaiju creature fixies off remember to like subscribe turn on notifications and share us out when you can it definitely helps us curate um guests like our guests tonight and helps get the word out about the show perry whitley is our guest tonight uh perry whitley attended odessa college then transferred uh, and graduated with his bachelor's in fine arts and computer animation from sam houston state university I successfully launched a couple different Kickstarter campaigns for his um, titled uh, comic Cold-Blooded Volume 1. And after a major lettering revamp, he is out to bring us Cold-Blooded Volume 2, which he hopes to launch later on this year. Preview page is up. Uh, there will be links in the show notes to that. Thanks so much for agreeing to do the show, man. How are we doing tonight?
1: I'm doing great.
0: Awesome, man. You had a pretty good day?
1: Yeah, um, I, just, I like uh, slept, I like woke up like an hour ago.
0: <laughs> uh, what a what a way to start your day, huh? With a with a podcast uh, podcast interview and then back off to production of your of your comic.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, you know I'm night shift, so it's like uh, I sleep. I usually sleep most of the day and stay up all night. But, I gotcha. mean, today I was actually up most of the day, but I took a nap. That's just kind of what happens when I stay up during the day.
0: Gotcha. Understandable. So you graduated with uh, a bachelor's in community. And uh, comics seems like a hard left. A hard left from that mm. choice, uh, mm. correct? I mean, comics is a step away from being a fully fledged film in many regards to to things like um, and the nature of what animation and film uses as storyboards. So, why comics? Why not something in computer animation?
1: Um, well, I wouldn't say that it's too uh, a step too far. Uh, Since uh, animation and comics are actually pretty closely tied, Mm -hmm. uh, considering um, how involved uh, comics is with storyboarding. And storyboarding is uh, is a step in the pre-production process for animation. And for one, I'm still trying uh, to get into the animation industry. The thing is, just like the comic book industry, it's small and hard to get into. And it helps if you know someone. And um, I'm currently taking a online course called Storyboard Art Mentorship to learn how to how to storyboard. And I'm learning to storyboard in Storyboard Pro, and uh, so I can like make make some good storyboards and apply to storyboard positions at uh, studios and whatnot. You know, and provided I get a job, I would still keep working on my manga. Uh, Cold blooded all the while.
0: Okay, yeah, you're right. You're totally right. Animation is a small industry. It's uh, usually uniformity to studios, and it does help if you know somebody. Comics included. Um, have you Have you done anything in animation since graduating?
1: Um, I've just worked. Uh, like I haven't. I haven't got my first animation job. If that's what you mean. But I've just. I've worked on my demo reel and um, I've been working on my storyboarding. Okay.
0: Awesome. Um, It does help to practice craft, um, you know, coming out of the gate as a media and an entertainment writer. It's, it's not something like it's a very competitive market. So um, you got to do what you can to practice your skills and sharpen, sharpen, uh, sharpen those skills. So you're, you, you have a competitive edge. Um, and learning new skills along the way doesn't help either because it adds to the marketability of of what you bring to the tables as far as quality, which seems to be a direction that people are um, people in studio executive levels are, are making choices when it comes to to hiring staff. Um, that goes without saying, though. Um, you, you, have a, you have actually something I'm very interested in, and I'd like to talk about it for a minute. You have an IMDb credit for a documentary called uh, Web Comics Reviews and Interviews. Can you tell us your role in that <laughs> and, and, and what inspired that project and how that came to be?
1: Oh, uh, that's funny you mention that. Um, that, was, uh, that was probably one of my first interviews for my uh, manga uh, before, before my first Kickstarter, I believe. And he and uh Jameis's podcast, and he emailed me and said, Just so you know, you got an IMDb credit. And so there was a slot for IMDb on your uh uh, uh forum on your website, so I put it there. That, that, that's pretty much it, but I just I think <laughs> it's cool that I have an IMDb credit at all. I hope eventually, you know, some stuff gets added to it.
0: That's interesting. I would love to speak to that creator and find out how he turned uh, his little podcast series into a documentary. Because, I mean, if you think about it, though, when, what I thought was interesting is that the more guests that you speak with, the more industry experience that you you get every time you go inside and outside of an interview. And then if you take a step back and kind of look at all the different people that you've talked to, it's almost like you've done consecutive smaller documentaries that kind of play out into like a bigger thing. Um so I found it very interesting. Uh, I mean so your participation in that project was you, you just happened to be a creator and just happen to know the right
1: podcaster.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um
1: I didn't know I was gonna have a IMDB creator. I didn't I didn't do it for that. I was just promoting my project. <laughs> I, I just happened to have this, so was, yeah. Unexpected
0: benefits. Uh uh. Uh-huh. So after um, after after you started your manga and you released it, uh, the volume one, uh, there was some there was some lettering difficulty. Um, is there anything that you could speak into the like troubleshooting and cause and effect of you know going in and putting in the time and making it better and then releasing a better digital product later on? That stuff is never really talked about. You know, it it takes a lot to take to take feedback, especially after you've published something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I commend you for for your efforts in fixing that and, and redistributing it back to your fans because you care about your product. Um, what was it like to get some of that feedback on uh, on volume one when it happened?
1: Oh uh, I mean it wasn't great because that wasn't the only feedback I got and right I didn't really agree with most of it but I understood I, I understood like lettering it. I, I think I began to understand lettering is like a lot bigger deal than what I thought it was. Right. And, um, and, and they were at least right about that. And, um, I kind of, I kind of made the foolish decision decision to make my own font, which, um, what would w- probably what made the lettering worse because then like the, uh, the letting and, and kerning was off. Cause if you use a, like a actual comic book font, it really takes care of a lot of that stuff for you. Um, right. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, at first I, I, I did not want to replace my font. Uh, I kind I sort of relettered it twice actually, because one, I, I just adjusted the font I'd already used, but then I decided to cave in and start using just existing fonts. Um, because it just uh, it just takes so much uh, guesswork out, and and the letting and and kerning's already there for the most part, and you can uh, adjust things, and then, um, uh, you know that that's all I all I gotta I gotta worry about. So it's just a matter of uh, so I took a, a course with Comics Experience, a six week lettering course. Nice, um, yeah. Because pri- so prior to that, I did try working with a letter but I, I didn't really like it. Like, um, he did a good job, like, but I, for one, I didn't really like the process. And two, it, he still lettered it like a conventional American comic book. And the thing is, uh, you know, I want to imitate manga as much as I can, including how it's lettered. Cause you know, I notice in manga, they do, they anchor balloons a lot which, you know, uh, prior to the comics launch, to not the comics launch, the uh, comics experience lettering course, I didn't know what anchoring balloons was. I didn't know what letting was uh, uh, or pyramiding, the the pyramid, the pyramid shape or diamond shape you get. And uh, when I learned about, like, the conventions behind lettering, it's like, now I understand, okay, now I understand uh, conventional comic book lettering, so now I can kind of you know pick and choose what I want to stick to so if if I want to anchor a balloon and and have uh, lots of air in the balloon uh, around the the text I can do that um you know because because prior to that the first time around I was like well what's their lettering it's, it's just text and balloons right but there's so much more to it than that even like formatting the page my pages weren't really formatted right so I went back and formatted them and that that just makes it easier when you're putting together the PDF on uh, like an in InDesign.
0: Okay, and so so the class with comics experience kind of helped validate um, the value of what a lettering and how it, what what lettering can do for a comic and how impactful it can be for the reader on the other side.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Oh. Um, some some of my audience may not be familiar with Cold Blooded. Um, I know, I know. I participated in a live stream last year mm-hmm. that our friend Travis did. Um, I think he yeah. got off for a night. Um, we were talking about you know comic creators in general, um, but that was around the time the campaign was still going on. Uh, could you could you tell us a little bit about Cold Blooded and uh, kind of the story, the characters, the premise, and and why dinosaurs? <laughs> well,
1: it, it's not confirmed he's a, a dinosaur necessarily, but he is reptilian. So, Cold Blooded is about Rembrandt Snart who misses his dad. But while holding out hope after his father's disappearance five years ago, he discovers latent reptilian abilities brought out by a shadowy figure determined to end his life. It is a shonen slash scene in battle manga. It's like the equivalent of like a superhero comic, almost, but it's centered around fighting. Um, it's black and white. Uh, it does. It doesn't read uh, uh, left to right like a uh, American. Um, oh, wait a minute. It doesn't read right to left. It reads left to right. Uh, that's probably like uh, it still reads like a regular um, American comic book. And um, yeah, and, and last year I was I was launch, uh, That was uh, for my relaunch, I believe. Uh, yeah. for, uh for for the lettered version and uh basically um the the origins of his power hasn't been revealed uh that's kind of like I'm I'm holding on to that uh it's kind of a twist um I don't know as for why why like something reptilian uh I don't really have an answer it's just like a lot of the characters I've I came up with uh, like when I was in middle school and, uh, some later on and, and, uh, I, I guess his design is somewhat inspired by like Sonic, even though I'm not a big, uh, uh, Sonic fan, right. um, particularly that's kind of like why he's blue with the eyes. But then, um, other than that, I guess like, I, I just like, I like, uh, I guess I like reptiles that I find kind of fascinating and, um. Yeah, that's pretty
0: much it. Kind of reminded me of um, a cartoon I used to watch back in '97 on Fox Kids. It was called the uh, the Terrible Thunder Lizards. Not sure if you're familiar, but uh, there were a group of uh, trio lizards. that kind of looked like dinosaurs, but weren't really dinosaurs. And they were kind of like were kind of like um, mercenaries because TMNT was such a big thing, uh, even in the late mm-hmm. '90s which is like almost a decade since they've been out. And uh, it was, I think that was one of the things that attracted me to your campaign last year was like, kind of reminded me of those childhood nostalgic, you know, reptilian style heroes who, who have powers and abilities and skills and stuff, but not, not so much so that, um, I don't, I don't, I just, it just it hit that nostalgic chord for me. Are you familiar with the show from way back in the day?
1: Um, you're talking about the uh, TMNT, right?
0: Um, the terrible thunder lizards. I'm oh, sure terrible everybody's.
1: thunder lizards! Uh, no, I'm not familiar with them. <laughs> if is, uh,
0: is if you... it
1: was it a, a TMNT knockoff or was it something? They... Uh, you know, I'm not sure if it was
0: so much of a knockoff as it was more of a a, a trendy attempt to stay stay relevant, right? So TMNT has been with, um. They've been on the opposite side of Fox for a long time. So they stuck with all the Cartoon Network and, and Nickelodeon. And they were never a part of like Disney or anything like that, especially Marvel, especially since, you know, they got turned down for, for the attempt to buy Eastman and, and Laird's rights to them back in, way back in the early in like the early mid 80s uh, when it first came out, which was like a slap in the face. So they, they never went in business with anybody. But I think it was more of like a trendy thing. Uh, anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic shows and characters were starting to be cutesy, really (laughs) marketing labels and, and the airwaves as far as like toys and and TV shows went. So you had like biker mice and the terrible thunder lizards and, you know, the mask had a co-star who was a dog who also wore the mask, Um, Uh a bunch of other cartoons, man. I could, I could go on and on and on. So um, is, there any, is there anything to uh, look forward to as far as, like, anything new, like characters or any new, any new types of powers, or how close should we get to the origins of, of Cold-Blooded Volume 2 when it comes out?
1: Okay, so uh, Volume 1 was Chapters 1 through 8. This will okay. be Chapters 9 through 14. And um, I'm actually working on Chapter 14 right now. Okay. Uh, so once it's complete, that's why like I don't have a set date for my Kickstarter, but it's gonna launch in the next the, the coming months, the next month. Um, you know, cause cause once it's done, then I'll just I'll be prepping for the the Kickstarter. I already got the pre-launch link, and that's why I've been just collecting uh, followers for months and months. Uh, so anyone listening to this, they could just follow my pre-launch link to uh, Cold Blooded Volume Two. That would be great, a big help and uh yeah basically uh in volume two is is going to be the introduction of uh rembrandt's uh nakama uh so that is like uh his friends and there's also going to be training uh there's going to be kind of a lot of setup uh because the first volume was sort of it's uh had a complete arc with the lead into the next one and then volume two the arc is going to lead into the next book, Volume 3. Uh, so, you know, there is some um, some fighting and action in, in this one, uh, but there's also training. There's not any uh, one-on-one fights or, or big uh, uh, villains in this one, but mm-hmm. there w- will be a big villain in Volume 3. Um, you know, one that will come sooner than you think. And uh, also as for chapter fourteen, I'm um, it, it's gonna be weird because I'm gonna be uh, working with a with an editor for chapter fourteen. So it's like, you know, volume one and most volume two wouldn't what, what have technically have been edited, but like chapter fourteen will have an editor. Well, actually, actually that's not true. There was there was a, uh, one of the chapters uh, with the guy that um. I tried lettering with. I also sort of had him edit edit uh, one of my chapters uh, uh, with me, and um, right. yeah, and and I guess technically since like um, when I was in the comics experience, and I was re-lettering my manga, I did get some some feedback from like uh, uh, people in that course. So in a way, volume one sort of got re- edited retroactively. Um, La Slattering wise.
0: Okay, it's awesome, man. Look forward to it. Because um, I, I read volume one; it's pretty good. No, that's
1: great.
0: So you for, liked it? Yeah, man. I thought it was great. Um, I'm looking for the follow up. Some unanswered questions. Um, but uh, I'm excited. Uh, I'll make sure I put the link to the launch page. Um, you said it's coming out in the next couple months. I'll make sure uh-huh. I get the. I'll make sure I get that in the show notes. Um, why why manga over traditional American um, comic as far as like format goes um, with like the lettering style and I guess the art style and possibly even like the story structure as well might have been affected, I think, by manga.
1: Why um, ma- well, I probably read more manga than anything and, and manga and anime is like my first love, so it's never going to... Uh, no matter how, how much I, I get into American comics now, it's never gonna beat that out, uh, you know, because like, I, you know, I read uh, I've read Walking Dead and now I'm reading The Walking Dead Deluxe, and I read uh, some other series by Robert Kirkman, like Oblivion Song and uh, Firepower now, and I've read Invincible, and I've been reading Something is Killing the Children. But it's just like, I grew up with Dragon Ball Z and Naruto. And those two series are, pri- are probably like my primary inspirations and just reason for creating manga. Because even though I, I watch uh, and read uh, manga and anime now, like My Hero Academia and Dr. Stone and, and One Punch Man, and, and those inspire me too. Um, they're not really the, necessarily the ones that, that started it. Um, uh, you know, it ju- it's just so much more per- pervasive because it's like, uh, you know, it, it, it's weird because when I read some American comics and I'm just like, it, I, you know, I was reading some old, uh, like the original Spider-Man. And, and sometimes I think, man, there should really be like a, a panel between these two panels. It feels like there's, that's a huge jump. <laughs> you know, there's just things that, uh, you know, I they're just different. I would, you know, prefer. Okay. I don't get that for like series like walking dead, you know, walking dead sort of, uh, you know, it, even though it's, it's drawn and paneled differently, it kind of takes the same, uh, more of the moment to moment approach that manga does.
0: Okay. Was there any, uh, is there any advice uh, for animation or, or artists out there or creators like yourself uh, on how they could uh, make an impact in the industry um, currently like you are?
1: Um, well, uh, t- to be honest, um, I know the internet, everyone touts the internet is free and that's a great resource and you can learn anything on it, but the, the, the problem with that is um, relying on free content to learn how to do things can only get you so far. Um, invest in yourself. If, if, you know, you can get a decent paying day job, even if you don't like it, but it can support your uh, endeavors, that would be great. So you, you know, take a course to, to get a gap of knowledge, you know, uh, uh hire hire that editor mm-hmm. um, you know take a course um invest in yourself and in your education because the the problem is you need a mentor and it's really hard to mentor yourself when you're just kind of taking a cobblecade of uh advice, advice tips and tricks and trying to cobble them together and figure out you know like I took the comics launch course to learn how to crowdfund i can't imagine how hard it would have been to crowdfund had i just relied on like listening to podcasts and you watching free youtube videos because there's no comprehensive no one's willing to do a concept comprehensive course for free right, right. Uh, uh pay for it. it it's worth it um you know because it's like why would you try to reinvent the wheel um when someone's already done it, all you got to do is, is, you know, fork over a little cash. And, um, as for like, um, and it's not going to be overnight or anything. Uh, I had a real bad habit about this, but there, there's no like single special nugget of information or advice that is going to turn your life around or your career. around. it's really just a lot of like, once you listen to so much stuff, on the internet like free or not a a lot of it will start sounding the same very quickly. And so you, it becomes very apparent. You'll, you'll know what you need to do. It's just a matter of doing it. You just need to do it and do it a lot.
0: Right. Improve, improve, repeat and improve some more.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, um, like it, you know, if you take the Miracle Morning by Hal El- Elrod, it's a self-help book. You know, it's I recommend reading it. It's about like your daily habits and uh, it's about getting up every day and doing the things to ensure your success. Um, you know, if you, if you get up, you know what you do when you wake up first thing in the morning. And if you can uh, get to work on a thing you love, even if you only work on it for 15 or 30 minutes, you'll get somewhere. Progress is uh, still is progress.
0: Absolutely. I've actually heard that before. Wise words. Practice it every day. Um, I've got like got 20 stories with outlines that come to life a little bit at a time um, throughout the year. So <laughs> I even got stories that I do on my phone when I'm, you know, waiting on uh, in the drive-thru or in a waiting room a doctor's appointment or, or my wife is driving me somewhere. Mm-hmm. She lost the, uh, the short straw draw. <laughs> <laughs> I sit in the passenger seat. Sometimes nobody talks about anything. Just pull out your phone and start writing down story stuff. Where, 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 where and whenever you can.
1: Yeah. Um, right. Writing things down is something I've started to do. Um, when I went back and re- let, re-lettered Cold-Blooded Volume 1, I actually did add 10, 10 extra pages to the story that altered the story slightly. And um, is what it is. It's something that I originally had wanted. I should have done the first time, but I kind of forgot about it. The way I write, I sort of write by the seat of my pants, like uh, Kira Toriyama. Got you. Uh, and, but... Uh, I have started to take notes on my iPhone and, and just write down dialogue, pretty much like pieces of dialogue from arcs in my head, because I have a whole arcs, uh, story arcs, and I know that if I don't write this stuff down, I'm not gonna remember it. And I don't want to regret, you know. I don't want to. I don't want to put something to paper and then remember. Oh man, I I thought of this, but I forgot about it the time I made it. I don't want to regret not putting something in. So that's why I started to. Write, write things down, and uh, you know, it's it, it crazy. The well, I was inspired by uh, one and Yusuke Morata, the writer and artist for One Punch Man, because uh, a, a lot of sometimes they Yusuke Morata, the artist for One Punch Man, will after releasing a chapter redraw it. Now, this is actually somewhat of a common practice in Japan. Um, that uh, some, sometimes mangakas get behind and they rush art. And so it's not finished. Uh, uh, it, be kind of, It's not polished. So it'll come out. That's what it'll look unfinished for uh, like the magazine or whatever it comes out on. But then for the, the Bond or the trade, they redraw it. But uh, what was different that Juan and Murata were doing is when he would redraw, they would actually change the story so it's like um it, it, it's crazy as a fan unless you are following uh month to month and reading the chapters when they come out and then reading the revised ver- versions it's like it's like a whole nother experience like i can't imagine people that only watch the anime because they're gonna have no idea uh you know the w- what what the original version is and the, I just think that's crazy because, like, I feel like that's unheard of in like manga or comics in general. Uh, the one thing that that probably helps is like third chapter. I don't think actually ever hits print, uh, although I, I guess I don't see why that would matter. But that they, they I noticed they release it online.
0: That's a pretty interesting approach. It's almost like a. Uh, it's almost like uh, the newspaper. Um, structure of, of Japan. I don't know if you've watched the, the criminal 90s Tokyo, Japan criminal series on HBO called Tokyo. Uh, so it goes like deep in how people who are interested in, in writing for their columns, how they write in the paper and kind of like the process and stuff. It's kind of like they combine that process with the magazine.
1: Um, yeah, um, yeah, because, um, and One Punch Man is actually free to read on a Japanese website because I follow Murata on Twitter, and he'll post a link to it. So like, I can look at it. It's just in Japanese, so I can't read it. So I'll look at I'll look at it, and I kind of get the general gist. Gist, and then a few hours later, then the the translations will be posted, and then I'll read those. Uh, and uh, yeah, because it's like crazy, because uh. Uh, are, 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 do you watch One Punch Man?
0: I do not. Um, I came on the journey late, and then realized how many, how many they have out. Because it's kind of like being introduced into One Piece, you're know, like, "Man, this is super cool!" And you realize there's like 1,000 plus episodes. You're like, I just, I would never, I'd never have enough time in life to finish this.
1: Well, um, <laughs> there's only, there's only. Well, here's a great thing about manga. Uh, although I don't know if I can speak for One Piece, uh, but The first, first, there's only a couple seasons of the anime, and neither season is very long. Uh, I I don't think that's like too unreasonable. Like you're not you know that behind, but if you were to just read the manga, start reading the manga, you could burn through it very quickly because a lot of manga is designed to be read very fast. Um, it's not they're not usually very text heavy. There are some exceptions. Um. you know you because usually an average manga maybe has four to six panels per page right you, you know they usually give themselves time to breathe uh of course like one piece because otis trying to cram in so much it does have a lot of panels so it does take a little bit longer to read and like dr stone is very uh, exposition exposition heavy because of the nature of the of the story but like um it's not like uh american comics where um you know stan lee touted he wanted comics to be like literature so he made them really wordy uh but then manga is like no it needs to be read as fast as possible we don't need a whole lot of text and like i've reread a whole one and one punch man is mostly just action anyway you know i have reread uh uh t- and like burn through them and i'm like oh man this is so great
0: so, so, it'd be relatively easy to get back into it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um it's it's cuz uh, the last chapter they uh, before they revised it, it's like there's Saitama's fighting this villain that had been built up and it seemed like the fight was going to end. But when they redrew it, they Is
0: This thing on? No. Oh. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for listening, you beautiful listeners out there, to another episode and the first episode of Season 3. Thank you. I'm your host, the Inevitable Mike, telling you that if you would love to make something and crowdfund it on any platform you can think of, then the only team you need is the team of crowdfunding Avengers a team of creators four creators that has experience across multiple disciplines in the creative entertainment industry from marketing film to voice acting to animation to audio and engineering we have it all all you need to do is go to inkpub.com, check out our gallery. Some of our biggest clients, like Monty Michael Moore, Justin Gray, most recently, Wesley Brick and Snipes, the Daywalker himself has even said he thinks ink. So head on over to our contact page, fill it out, send a quick message, and then uh, we call you and we give you the Ink Solutions Guide, which will be your bedrock your footprints in the sand to whatever project it is you have on your mind that you would like to crowdfund and then we help you take care of the rest so go to inkpop.com, look at our gallery see what we have to offer and um don't forget keep creating
1: and uh, like when the last chapter was uh released initially the fight had ended between saitama and whatever the villain the G- garo basically but when they went back and redrew it they continued the fight uh the fight kept on going there was like another twist that they added um which like they're adding a lot of stuff that is setting up for like uh future story arcs uh, and it's just that there wasn't present uh, originally in the webcomic.
0: Okay, and that's that's the general process. Though It goes from like I'm I'm interested because I've I've never I don't follow anime as closely or manga as closely, um, never have, um, mostly because it wasn't really accessible.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, and in recent years, um, including now that I've seen the impact it's had, because I think um, when my bookstore remodeled, they took about out which was really just a lot of graphic novels and backdated issues of a uh, collector series and special stuff and it was to make room for for manga um so i'm yeah. um, just now no. like getting into the reading so i'm, I'm curious as to kind of like how they how they make it what their process is so it's going mm-hmm. from like magazine to like and then when they they, they go into like a trade process kind of like how we do one to six or one to eight series and then we do paperback trades and like the american way of publishing
1: yeah yeah so uh manga is way more accessible now and uh so like um you know the only difference is is they don't do we do floppies right they don't do floppies they have a phone book sized phone book thick uh magazine like shonen jump uh, that's not the only magazine, but that's the most notable one. That's what my hero, and then Naruto, Dragon Ball, and JoJo was all uh, in originally, and and it gets printed each week because a lot of the manga is weekly. One Punch Man is monthly, and it gets released online. So, and it's just whenever it's done, it's not uh, some it. It gets released very uh, sporadically. Uh, it's whenever Murata and one can finish it. But as for other, other stuff, other manga, they're either weekly or monthly. And yeah, they, they come out in the, in the magazine first. Um, and then later the, the Tanko bonds or the trade paperbacks uh, come out. But unlike, unlike American comics though, they all have the same trade dre- dressing and they're just labeled one to whatever number it goes to. Not like here where it's like uh, you, you get Batman and it's Batman uh, some subheading and uh, there's different runs because uh, there's different artists and writers and uh, not everything's canon. And, and the, the things are not numbered. Uh, it's just like, um, you know, really confusing. It can be hard to follow, hard to get into.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's why I haven't read a lot of DC because um, they, they do their arcs now and kind of like, uh-huh. The universe is like, if I wanted to read anything now, people would probably ask me, or is that uh, anything before uh, New 52 or New 52? And then it's like, but, um, okay, well, what was before that? <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, and, you know, yeah, I think whole it's whole mostly that's mostly a problem with the big two, because, like, Image Comics doesn't really have that problem. Walking Dead is just, like, e- you know, easy to get into. It's just you start with number one, and then you keep on reading. Uh, just like anything else released, my image, um, you know, easy to follow. Uh, and uh, yeah, and, and manga is so much more accessible um, in print and digitally. Uh, although like I notice it's probably due to like the paper shortage or something. I, I, since like uh, the pandemic, some manga has been like harder to get uh, to, to buy and um it's it's really annoying because the way, there will be copies available but because like they're just temporarily out of print the price will go up and it's just so it's like uh, ridiculous and it's like i saw some on twitter like half price books was selling a manga uh, like double double it's it's well it's retail price which is like bad because like half price books shouldn't you be selling it at a discount <laughs> right that's so terrible cool. and and you can read uh scantillation you know most manga you can read online for free um uh, but it still sells well despite that and also we got the shonen jump app which for two dollars you can read their whole like uh back catalog and um the, their chapters they translate them a week later but um it, it's a lot it's a lot better it's a lot more efficient um because, you know, you remember those uh, f- uh, phone book sized. Uh, uh, sh- so Shonen Jump, it used to be printed in the United States, but yeah, uh, it was released monthly, not weekly. And and uh, I think it only had like uh, fewer manga in it, just like more, the most popular ones. And uh, at some point, Shonen Jump sto- stopped printing them because uh, I guess it wasn't worth it for them. But now they have the Shonen Jump app and it's so great. Uh, and it's just like, and here it's like, Comicsology is like going down the drain.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's why they. Uh, I think that's why they fused with Amazon Kindle.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't seem it, to be helping.
0: <laughs> it's yeah, it's a nightmare. Um, there's digital. There's more digital platforms out there though, besides Comicsology that I'm discovering, um, including like Indie Planet, which I was already aware of. Um, there was a few more, um, some They're of them were
1: about Global uh, Glo- Comics,
0: yeah, I was just about to say Global. Um, I learned that from Tony Cottrell. Um, he's been using that for years, though. So there's, there's, I mean, there's platforms for digital comics I hadn't even heard of. Oh. That if you just you break outside the the marketing atmosphere of oh. kind of like what you've, what you've searched into, you actually find what you like in other places that you've never heard of.
1: Um, yeah, I really like, I really liked the, um, what was it the, uh, guided reading on Comixology. So it's just, um, you know, such a shame because I, 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 even though I haven't been on Comixology in a while, uh, you know, that was like one of the reasons I liked using it. And I, when I was reading Spider Man, the Amazing Spider Man, I was reading it through the guided view.
0: Yeah, doesn't that like um doesn't that like play it for you like in a like a small almost like type uh slideshow type type deal? Uh,
1: is what it is is uh you double tap on the screen and it, it zooms in on the panel and then you just tap and it goes to the next panel. Okay. Oh, gotcha. So it's like as opposed to reading a comic book normally where you open two pages at a time and you see everything at once. And so, in a way, some things are spoiled before you get to them. It's like by only seeing one panel at a time, you, uh, you, you know, you don't know what's coming next. It's like a, di- a whole different experience. I really liked it, and uh, it's like it, it was cool because it like zoomed in on dr- on drawings that were probably drawn very or very small originally. And I feel like I got to appreciate them more seeing them blown up. Mm-hmm.
0: Seems like a uh, mechanic of 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 imitation, kind of like how when you're creating comics, you're you're always trying to move the reader's eye. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that technology kind of did that. Um, I noticed that too. It was very easy to use. I just I haven't been on there in a while. I've been more mm-hmm. of like get it in my hands type of type of comic fan lately. And more or less, a, a, more or less drawn away from some of the big two stuff, and strictly, it's going based off what I see on indie. Um, just because they're exciting stories, and sometimes you think you know what you're getting, but it actually plays out differently than, than a main than a mainstay comic arc. Because um, you know, comics are basically just songs. You know, there's only so many patterns and algorithms and riffs that you can put music into before. The only difference between them is how they're used and what words they represent, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, uh, man, any any final comments on uh, what you like about ang- uh, manga or um, anything you want to say about Cold Blooded, or uh, if you want to direct traffic to any websites, you might for promotional
1: use. Okay, um, if I launch it, it might be in August or around August. Um, you can follow me at Perry S underscore Hodder, hotter H O T T E R. That's Perry's hotter on any social media platform. Uh, just go on there. I'm probably on it. Uh, cold blooded. I do have free chapters to read of cold blooded on my Patreon. Webtoon to and a few other websites. And, uh, the only thing that I offer on my, on my Patreon that's paid is, um, uh, right now chap if you pay three dollars you can read chapter 13 so i'm trying to make it so that uh when i make a a chapter but basically i i want to let people if they pay they can read a chapter ahead so it's like when chapter 14 comes out i'll make chapter 13 free but then chapter 14 will be will be behind a paywall right so it's yeah. like uh, provide, you know, providing you just pay, uh, $3 and it's just by post right now, since I haven't made any new chapters in a very long time. Uh, so it's it's just, no one's, you know, you won't, you won't be charged until I make a post. Um, but you know, hopefully I'll, I'll be making a post the next month or so once I get chapter 14 done and then, uh, you know, just, uh, sign up for my, uh, pre-launch page, You, you know, just, uh, you, You'll just need to log in to Kickstarter and click notify me on launch. So Kickstarter will automatically send you an email when I launch on day one.
0: Awesome, man. And I'll make sure all those those links are stated in the show notes below. Thank you so much for coming on the show tonight and sharing with me all your experiences, your thoughts, your feelings. Conversation is a rare commodity that everyone takes for granted on a daily basis. But we here at Comics and Pop-Tarts appreciate it. For more unforgettable guests and episodes like this one, visit comics and pop tarts. Comics and the letter N, pop tarts.com. Leave us a five star review if you like the show, or maybe a four star. Um, one stars are cool too, or a voice message. Um, you might end up being in the show. Um, don't miss my weekly newsletter on comics and pop tarts.substack.com because um, it, it has a lot of awesome interviews And it's where you get to learn about me And my family and kind of my experiences And how I feel about comics and stuff uh, Again, I'll make sure all the show notes To Cold-Blooded Volume 2, sign up Kickstarter will be in the show notes As, as this episode releases And uh, thank you guys so much For tuning in to the Comics and Pop Tarts Podcast channel I'm your host, the Honorable Mike And this was Perry We're telling you to remain positive, think forward And never stop creating